This is your guide to succeeding as an entrepreneurial leader. Whether you're in business, a parent, or part of a community project, we can all be entrepreneurial leaders. With your host, Jeanette Seibley, the Leadership Results Coach, and a variety of experts in leadership, you'll learn how to create extraordinary work and life results, stand up and speak up, make more money and have more fun, and get out of your own way. The biggest challenge is we don't like to ask for help and get stuck as do-it-yourselfers. Well, not anymore. Now here's your host, Jeanette Seibley, ready to help you become a successful entrepreneurial leader. Welcome. This is Jeanette Seibley, the Leadership Results Coach. How many of you have been a leader for a project or been a leader within the project, but without the title? And a team member or members needed help to improve their performance and attitude. Or the intended results for the project would suffer. Now, the project could be for a customer in business, where if you don't uh, pay attention to the quality of what you're delivering, could hurt you in the future and the business too. Or it could be for a community or an association project or event. And you know that overlooking certain details can cause a major disruption. So imagine many of you have been there and have had this experience And I also know that some of you have not felt comfortable or confident or competent in offering any advice to the person. But as you know, each of us have the capability of doing that. And as you may not know, is how to do that. And so being a a peer coach can be difficult when working with other team members. My guest today is Meredith Bell. She's the co-author of Peer Coaching Made Simple. It's an easy read packed full of great ways to work with others needing encouragement to improve their performance and attitude in order to ensure the project's results. And as my listeners know, I provide a quote from each guest. And here's the one this week from Meredith. Curiosity is the most powerful relationship creator in the world. It is an amazing mix of love and genius. It's compassion and intelligence. It's commitment to understand and assist the other person. Curiosity is what is expressed and love is what is felt. And that quote is from Steve Chandler. Meredith, welcome again. In February, we talked about tips for becoming a masterful communicator anytime, anywhere. And it's great to have you back. We had so much fun that I said, hey, let's move to the next book. And you said, sure. That's great. I'm glad to be with you, Jeanette. (laughs) Well, thank you. But you know what? I have to be honest. I've not heard the term peer coaching before reading your book. Can you tell us more about what it is? Yes. When you think about it in its simplest form, it's where two people are working together to be helpful to each other. And so it could be that one person, for instance, a manager and an employee, it could be the manager is serving as a coach to the employee. In that case, obviously, it's not peer. 
but it can be a partnership where both people are really committed to each other's success. So they agree to form a coaching partnership and help each other. And so it could be, as you were mentioning in the introduction around a specific project, it could also be around a specific skill, especially like a communication skill where someone wants to become a better listener or be more effective at giving feedback to others. And working with another person serves multiple purposes. For one thing, it gives them support because it's hard for us when we have something that we've done for years, it's hardwired in our brains. And so to make that change on our own is challenging and having the support of another person just helps keep us lifted up in those times when we get discouraged or have a setback. And combined with that is accountability, Mm. where if I know I'm going to be meeting with this person and talking about what I promised to do the last time we met, then during that interim period between meetings, I'm much more motivated to follow through and do what it was I said I would do. And so a peer coach serves in those couple of different roles of a support and accountability so that the other person can stay on track with whatever it is they wanted to do. An important thing to know about peer coaching also is that it doesn't require special certification. That's why we wrote that book. Because, and we called it Peer Coaching Made Simple. So people aren't intimidated by this process. If you care about how someone else is doing and where they're going, that's the key requirement. You know, that you are willing to dedicate some of your time and energy to listen and be helpful to that other person. And so that's really what it's all about. It's it's having that role to be in the other person's corner. Super. But, you know, I've been around coaching for 30 years. I've been in corporate America. I've served on too many teams to actually remember the real number. So, and I've been the leader and I've been, you know, a a leader within, and I've just been along for the ride. I mean, just being honest, right. But peer coaching to me, to me, it sounds like you know, you're you're talking with somebody who's like basically an equal, so to speak. I mean, neither of us necessarily have a title. It's really irrelevant. It could be a manager to a manager, right? Or it could be a, a, a team member to a team member. But how do we, how do we make, how do we make it so that or such that they're open to listening? Because, you know, a lot of times people get really confronted by that, that if it was that important, the boss would say something. Well, the team leader or the boss doesn't always know what everything, you know, doesn't always know what everything, yeah, I can't even say it, doesn't always know what's going on. So, mm-hmm. and I know I've been in situations too, where I was in a better position to help a team member than actually the boss, because the boss mm-hmm. had already talked with the person, hadn't yeah. made a difference. And by my talking with them, it did. But mm-hmm. sometimes people, you said about caring. I know sometimes people don't necessarily care in a way of your performance. They care more about the intended results of the project. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think one of the reasons I chose that quote to start with, the curiosity, is to me, that's really a key element. Mm. Um, okay. 
an effective peer coach. And you just, you know, made me think of something in particular here, Jeanette, and that is you can learn how to be a peer coach in the moment in a given situation, or you can work in a peer coaching partnership over a period of time where you're both committed to doing things. The skills are really similar. And so the key thing, when you notice that something is not going well, maybe someone has, you know, struggled with or not followed through or some aspect of the project needs intervention um, because of whatever is happening with this individual, I think approaching them from a perspective of being wanting to be helpful and then simply asking, would it be okay if I ask you a few questions, you know, to find out more about what's going on and how I might be able to help with you. Asking permission is not a subservient kind of thing. It's being respectful of that other person because we don't know what they may be thinking about in that given moment. We don't know what's happened before we had that you know, conversation with them and they could have gotten some bad news that put them in a place that they aren't able to be receptive and, and listening at or, or responsive at that moment. So I think just checking in and asking, is it okay if I ask you a few questions, help set the stage for them being willing to be open and expressing real genuine curiosity to learn, not to criticize, not to come up with a solution, but to serve as sort of a guide and, you know, someone who is walking along with them, not trying to direct. Because if we don't have that positional authority, we can't really do that anyway. And yet I think we can be extremely helpful when someone senses that we care, that we're concerned, and we really want to be helpful in getting them to the result that we're all looking for Mm -hmm. in the context of a project. So what you're saying is caring can come across in many different ways. Mm -hmm. Just the fact that I'm asking you, can we talk a moment? I noticed XYZ. Um, is showing caring. And also, I think we, I think the, the piece that you mentioned, um, it, it popped an old term, I don't know how old it really is, but it's been around for a long time, called constructive criticism. And mm-hmm. I used to work with a gentleman who just said, no, that's just a nice way of saying here, let me let me have you have it. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and there's some truth to that. So uh, does constructive criticism fit within peer coaching? You know, we call it constructive feedback. Mm. And the distinction I would make there is being, well, a couple of different things. The approach we recommend taking is, is pointing out positives first, even a single positive to give context but then being very specific. What was it specifically the person said or did that let's say caused a problem for you or someone else? When we can be that specific, then they get a picture of what it is we mean. As opposed to saying you're always late or you're, you know, you never think of anybody but yourself or these kind of judgmental statements our criticism of the person 
And what we want to do instead is focus on the behavior because that's the thing the person can do something about. And so being very clear about what it was they said or did, the impact that it had, and what is it you'd like to see them do differently? Because sometimes people don't know. They have blind spots and they don't realize their behavior is causing a problem. So we, when you can say, here's what would be helpful instead, here's what I'd like to see instead, and then asking, is that something you'd be willing to do? So we don't make assumptions and we don't come across as you better do this or else kind of threat. We're simply asking for them to find out where are they with this? Are, is it something they're willing to change and do differently? And if not, well, we need to talk about that because we can't, if it's a behavior that's really causing issues, it's got to be addressed. And there that's needs to be a solution that both people can live with. And I think that's a great distinction that you just mentioned. Constructive constructive feedback does make a, a, a big difference. Uh, also, uh, coming across as helpful. I mean, it's very different talking with, you know, your coworker about something and feeling that they're part of the, your team and they've got your back as opposed to the boss talking with you where you feel like you have to be more defensive, right? Mm -hmm. Or justify what you did. So I, I love that distinction. Mm -hmm. um, what are the skills that, because all any of us, all of us at any time, anywhere, I love that phrase, anytime, anywhere, can be uh, a peer coach. But what mm -hmm. are the skills that we need to have in order to be effective? Mm -hmm. Well, the first one with curiosity is really getting good at asking questions. So anytime I am tempted to state my opinion um, in a situation, if I can turn that around and say, how could I learn something from this person instead of stating what it is that I think, then that draws out their perspective that helps us understand them better. And tied in with asking questions is listening as a key skill, because if we're gonna ask questions just so we can ask the next one without really giving attention to what it is the person is saying. So perhaps we go deeper with other questions that tie in with what they said. All of that, those two combined, asking questions and listening well, combining it with being able to state back what you heard them say, so we don't make assumptions that we have the message without checking with them first. All of that communicates to that person, you matter. Mm -hmm. And when somebody feels they matter, they're much more open to telling you the truth and you know, laying down the defenses that might naturally tend to pop up if we come on the attack, if we're criticizing and judging, and that, or that's what they're receiving from us. Whereas if we have this sense of, I want to learn more about you and where you're coming from, they will then be more open to hearing our perspective. So those are important skills in the context of peer coaching. If we really want to help someone gain insights for themselves, because that's what's going to lead them to do something different in the future. And that ability to give constructive feedback in a way that is supportive and encouraging, as well as receiving feedback. If they respond to us in something we've said, 
we've got to have that skill of being gracious and not getting defensive in return and circling back to that curiosity. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Tell me more about what you've observed there because I didn't realize that, you know, so that we are a learner in that moment as well. We may find out some things about ourselves. So in other, in other words, we need to be coachable too and open to something that we may not have realized or recognized, or maybe we think how they're going about it is, is going to create problems, but not really. I mean, if we actually, I mean, sometimes I know when I get hand a project off to somebody, I just step back because I know they're not going to do it the same way I do it. Right. And I also truly believe and have been really wowed many, many times by how well they actually do it when they're allowed to. But that doesn't mean we don't get involved periodically to check in on the results and offer peer coaching. I know in your book, you've um, gave some great examples. So for those of you who are looking to learn more about this, her book gives excellent examples of how to actually go about doing it in different situations. The one I liked the most was where the the two people were talking back and forth, but the per, the the coach, the peer coach in this case, um, wasn't offering suggestions. The peer coach was allowing the other person to come up with the suggestions or the answers. Is that something that you recommend? Absolutely. And, you know, there, the simplest question would be, what do you think? Or what do you think? If they're struggling with something, what have you thought of so far? So there are different versions of that. You know, what ideas have you already come up with? What options have you considered? What are the pros and cons of each one? So that if they haven't thought of that, you're now stimulating their thinking in a way that is really helpful for them to be resourceful on their own. Absolutely. So learning yeah. this process, that's really a key to making good decisions and making good choices of things they could do going forward. So I think that's a key piece with a, just a general principle of a, a good peer coach is rather than And we're so tempted, you know, we all love to help other people. So if we've had an experience and it's, it's not that there's anything wrong with sharing your experiences, but sometimes we jump in and say, well, here's what you ought to do. Cause we're all in a rush, you know, we're hurrying, we want to save time. And so we're thinking, let me give them the solution. So now we can move on to whatever the next thing is, as opposed to saving time in the long run by helping the person learn to think themselves. And sometimes those solutions that we think are the solutions, like the, I put quotes around the solution, really aren't. They actually create more trouble, more cost, more time, and you lose your team if you're Mm -hmm. not really listening. Mm -hmm. So how is this different, uh, peer coaching, how is that different from mentoring somebody Sure. That's a really great question. And it's an important distinction um, because we hear the word coach and mentor sometimes used interchangeably. But to me, a mentor is someone who has more experience in a particular area and they want to help accelerate the learning of this Mm. person. It could be something specific in terms of a technical expertise. 
It could be more about navigating within the organization. It's, But it's definitely someone with more experience teaching someone with less experience. So it tends to be more directive, more uh, advice giving than coaching. Coaching is is more of a drawing out from the other person what it is they already have inside, but maybe haven't tapped into. So I think that's an important area to look at because we can have both hats at different times, depending on what the situation is. And uh, I just think that if we imagine coaching as asking questions, helping someone discover for themselves versus telling, guiding, directing, teaching what to do in a specific situation. Well, having worked with mentors and having been a mentor, I think sometimes mentors might get a lot of value out of incorporating some of the pure coaching things that you're talking about. That's true. I mean, sometimes a mentor feels like they have to have all the answers. Well, guess what? You don't. If you Mm. use a pure coaching approach where you're allowing them to have it pulled out of them by asking questions that they hadn't considered, exploring ideas that they may have played with, but nobody really encouraged them to pursue. I don't know. Mm -hmm. To me, it just seems like it would make a big, huge difference. And then my last question uh, for our podcast interview this time is what are the do's and don'ts for setting up peer coaching relationships? I'm sure you have a couple of do's and a couple of don'ts. Well, you're right, because in some organizations, they want people to learn how to be peer coaches. So they want a more widespread program, if you will, to help build up this peer coaching and uh, really a coaching culture throughout the organization. So in any given situation, like projects, like you were mentioning, they feel comfortable doing that. So if they're going to be putting a program in place, I always recommend select the people who are always raising their hand to be the initial participants. So this doesn't become a requirement. So that's sort of a do and a don't. Go for the folks that that say, I wanna learn more. I'm always eager to have new learning opportunities. So you don't make it a requirement for everyone. So that way you build momentum with enthusiasm from the people who are excited about what they can learn from each other. Another do would be to allow people to select their own coaching partnership relationships, because if you if you do that kind of forced matching, there could be resistance. And so what you want to do is make this frictionless, if you can, (laughs) by setting up all the parameters that would be more likely to ensure success. So if I'm talking like a, a Uh, what you're talking about is more corporate focus. So I'm talking, if I was to work, uh, if I'm working with uh, a community project or an association project, Mm -hmm. it's going to be much less formal than what you're pointing. So what would be the do's and don'ts based on what you've already uh, focused on? Oh, great. Okay. So in that case, I would look at helping people understand, first of all, what does peer coaching look like? you know, what, what's, what are we talking about here? So everybody has a common understanding, you know, our book would be a great place to start. And uh, again, though, not trying to force people to 
be do it a certain way. And so being flexible in how this might be implemented, I think having people have common ground and then agreement, yes, let's try this so that they feel comfortable experimenting and, you know, trying out new skills. It's so interesting when I think about this, Jeanette, with your question, because when we're learning a new skill, that in itself can cause us to feel uncomfortable. So this idea of peer coaching itself is something of a skill. But if we look at it in a way of, well, let's have fun with this, you know, let's look at this as a way of really encouraging and supporting each other as we work on this project together. So we feel comfortable giving each other feedback, feel comfortable asking questions. I think the don't would be more around, this is hard to do, you know, <laughs> framing it in a way that is intimidating for people that they might feel like, oh, I'm not up to this. And so it would discourage them from even trying it, but to keep it as simple and straightforward as possible. Yeah, I know as a, a leader for many projects, there's times when people come to you and they're all upset about something that somebody else has done. I'm not somebody who normally will jump in and try to resolve it. I really allow them the first opportunity to do so. And again, they do a much better job than if I jumped in for a lot of reasons, right? So I think the thing that you're pointing to is like, have the conversation up front that, hey, you know, as we're going along, things are going to pop up. There's going to be, you know, walls that come up and we're not necessarily going to know what to do. Feel comfortable asking for help from any, anybody here on this team. Mm -hmm. So that would, might be an example, correct, of a way yes, of absolutely. introducing peer coaching. Yes, Yes, because you can have a very short term kind of relationship set up where somebody's going to help you through some specific aspect of the project or whatever it is you have going. And it's nice to know you're not going it alone in those moments that you this other person's got your back. And I think that's really a, another key do is help people realize it's OK to ask for help. Oh, that's a big one because a lot of people are afraid to ask for help. Yeah. I'll feel stupid. I'll feel humiliated. Yeah, it's a strength. And I think it starts with whoever is leading that group that is willing to say, I don't know. I need your help and make it safe for others to ask also. Where they don't feel humiliated, where they actually feel honored and respected and valued for having yeah. asked for help, because usually if one person's asking, there's probably a group of other people within that team that could use yeah. a little help and encouragement too. Mm -hmm. Yes. So Meredith, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, this has been a great conversation. I trust those of you who are listening um, actually heard something there for yourself that will help you take a project that might be stuck. Or if you've got a team member who just ain't, on the same page with you that you can actually help them get onto the, the page or get within the spirit of what you're trying to accomplish. So to wrap up, this is Jeanette Sibley. Until next time. <music>